You ever see those pictures of Jesus holding a lamb? What are those about? Why do we always consider Jesus with lambs or being a lamb? Yeah, and I think as a kid in uh, Sunday school, a very formal church, I, I remember hearing some stories that involved sheep, but of course we I wasn't, I didn't grow up on a farm, so I didn't understand much about it. Yeah. And uh, even Jesus being the lamb of God, I, I, I didn't really know what that meant. I just figured it was like cute. Oh, lambs are cute, and Jesus yeah. is nice, so let's just put the two together. <laughs> but there is actually far more, even though I'm not a big fan of the cutesy pictures of Jesus holding lambs, yeah. there is something really cool to that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that today in John chapter 1. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott, and I'll start in verse 29. We're going through the end of the chapter, so um, we'll get going right away. That's right. 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There we are. He is the one I was talking about when I said, a man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. So yeah, what, the, uh, you put those two together. In other words, he's saying he's God and he's the lamb. Yeah. Yep. And where does that come from? And it doesn't say he's holding the lamb. It says he is the he lamb. He is the lamb. Yeah, that's right. And where does that come from? Yeah, well, it's Passover. Yeah. And the lamb that is slain. That's right. Of the Passover. Because, you know, for, for much of the Old Testament, God's people get together and they would sacrifice a lamb on behalf of their sins, that the lamb's blood would temporarily cover their sins. It's almost like you ever, well, this wouldn't be good, but like uh, you ever have like a credit card and you just pay the minimum balance just to keep the... The, the bank from not taking you. <laughs> it was a terrible place. Yeah. To, to be, I've never been there, but it's, you know, I know a lot of people are there and it's just a terrible place to be mm-hmm. just making that minimum payment. That's kind of like what it was for. Oh, I, I did that many, many years ago. I didn't, you know, I had no training in finances and yeah. 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 It was awful. Yeah. It's, well, that's kind of like why God's people did this in the old Testament is they had the lamb was just kind of like making that minimum payment, that minimum payment. But finally, there was the Lamb of God who would just completely get rid of the death. Yeah, that's that a great, was Jesus. great analogy. Yeah. So he says in verse 31, I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I had been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest in is the one who will baptize who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testified that he is the chosen one of God. Now, Dad, can I just bring up one other thing yeah. right here, too? Because there is a lot of, a lot of people talk about, you know, there's a couple of baptisms. You have, you know, the baptism, when you become a follower of Jesus, you get baptized by water. But then you have, especially like more charismatic people, Pentecostals, they'll say, no, then there is the holy, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times they will get, they will go to this verse. So they'll use mm-hmm. one of these verses right here. Yeah. What is that? Well, baptism of the Holy Spirit is certainly, and it's absolute, it's legitimate. You can't, you, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Jesus. So it's necessary for salvation, but that's actually what happens with salvation. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit when we become believers. We receive the Holy Spirit at the moment that we, by faith, become a member of his body. Yeah. And so um, that happens at salvation. So baptism of the Holy Spirit happens at salvation. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so for the people out there, because other people hear this as well, you know, when I started speaking in tongues, that's when I was baptized by the Holy Spirit. So I was saved, but then I had the Holy Spirit enter me, and now I could yeah. speak in tongues. That's just simply not from Scripture. No, no. It, it, though, 
again, you know, speaking in tongues and healings and those kinds of miracles, it's a whole nother discussion, but oftentimes, yes, it is pointed to as being a part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because when the first disciples, when they first received the Holy Spirit, which is described as being baptized with the Holy Spirit when they received the Holy Spirit, then they had these outward miraculous signs yeah. that were designed by God to bring in the crowds. I mean, 3,000 people became believers because of this. And the, and it's a great study when you look at this. And each time when it describes uh, something like this that it occurred, it occurred first for the Jews, then it occurred for the Samaritans to convince them that Samaritans also became believers, and then it occurred for the Gentiles when the first Gentiles received the Holy Spirit. So it, that where it accompanied these outward signs. But the vast majority of time when people became believers, there were no miraculous signs that came along with this. But that doesn't mean that they did not receive the Holy Spirit, that yeah. they were not baptized with the Spirit. Okay. And so I, I think that the vast majority of theologians would agree with me on this, even those that may lean more towards the idea of these um, signs of the Holy Spirit, they would say that being baptized in the Holy Spirit does not necessarily produce those signs. Okay. So, so to be clear, to kind of wrap all that up, if you have decided to follow Jesus Christ, you have been baptized by the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation. Yes, and you have the Holy Spirit in right. you, and that gives yeah. you all of this extra. But you still need to get um, baptized in water because that's what Jesus asked you yeah, to do. Yeah, the baptism of water is simply an outward sign of the baptism of the Holy Spirit having taken place. Yeah. To be verse, uh, verse 39, 30, 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. So they left John and went to follow Jesus, which is what John was trying to do. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Why don't you pick up in verse 39? Yeah. Come and see, he said. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard, that John, who heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Now, there's you know, a couple of things here where words are at play. First of all, I want to go back to the, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ, because Messiah is simply the Hebrew word that they were using. And Christ, Christos, as we know it, is the Greek word, yeah. and then was also Latinized. So when we say Jesus Christ, we're actually saying Jesus, Jesus the Messiah. Messiah. A lot of people don't know that. They don't know what Christ means, but it just means the Messiah. It's not his last name. Have people say that. Yeah. Last yep. name. No. <laughs> no, his last name was of Nazareth, yeah, or right. son of Joseph. <laughs> yeah. And uh, But then we also have Peter and Cephas, and there's a kind of a cool play in words, because Cephas just means a, like a stone, yeah. a small rock, and then Peter means... Boulder. Like, yeah, like a boulder. Solid rock. Yep. So, and, and and even Cephas there, uh, you know, I, I kind of wonder if that wasn't just his nickname, you know, um, mm -hmm. but so, so our, our Peter then became his nickname because that's what the, Jesus, Jesus loves giving nicknames. Him. Yep. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. And Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Peter went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? 
you go to Nazareth yeah. today, I kind of agree with the thing because yeah. I don't love going there. <laughs> no, it's a it's a tough tough place to be. Yeah. Though the hotel we stayed at there was was maybe the nicest. One yeah, we stayed that in was Nazareth. like the little rooftop yeah. area could hang out. Yeah. So he says, "Can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, come and see for yourself." Philip replied. Great answer. As they approached, Jesus said, "Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity." How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip followed, found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And Jesus asked him, you believe this just because I told you I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things in this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will see all of heaven open and the angels of God coming up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. A lot of really cool things in there, but one of the things that I, I love the most is just you see this, this the way in which the disciples were reaching each other. That these were friends; these are people that knew each other, and some of them were family members. Yeah. And they said, "You got to come. You got to come and hear this guy. You got to come and see." Yeah. And they said, "What? I I don't know. I don't know if I can. You know, he's from Nazareth." Well, just come and check out for yourself. And I think that's such an effective way to witness today. We're going to have very few conversations where we can sit down with somebody and go through the complete plan of salvation. But what we can do is we can respond to people, especially when they're going through difficulties, by just saying, hey, you got to come and check out Jesus. You got to find out what he's like. And inviting them to meet the rest of the family, inviting them to church, which is really just his hands and family. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Come come and see, come and find out what this is like and the way my life has been changed. And that is the most effective way. Well, that's mainly the, as far as the bridge, because a lot of times people say like, oh, bridge growth, you know, because, you know, we've been growing. It's, it's awesome. And so you're like, well, what is it? It's not like it put us down, Dad. But it's not you and I. No, it's all the people in our churches just keep on keep on going to their yeah. friends, going, "Come and see. You got to come out. You, you got to see what what God is doing." God in is our on community. the move. In the yeah. words of one of our bridge music songs, yeah. <laughs> God yeah. is on the move, yeah. and and people are just excited, and so they can't help but talk yeah. about it at work right. and with their family, and so because they're talking about it, they're yeah. and they're inviting others, and yeah. that's how the growth is happening. That's right. Okay, right, Psalm 49. Man, this I'd like to really go through the whole <laughs> psalm, but it's interesting because early on he talks about how some of the the people that were in power and that had wealth, they they trust in their wealth verse 6 and boast in great riches and yet in verse 7 he says yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. You you can't pay money to keep from dying. <laughs> verse 10 is a verse that I quote all the time, those who are wise must finally die just like the foolish and senseless leaving all their wealth behind. So yeah. it doesn't matter how smart you are or how rich you are, you're all going to die. And he says in, in verse 11, their grave is the eternal home where they will stay forever. So they're just, they're going to die. They're going to be, they're condemned. If they if they don't have a relationship with God, they can't get that by paying money. But then he says in verse 15, but as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of death. And then verse 16, so don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they carry nothing with them. Yeah. So it's really, it's only, it's just a temporary thing that they have, whereas we have eternity with God. That's the whole point that he's making. We have no reason to look around and think, well, why do they get all this stuff? Hey, we have yeah. heaven forever, and there's nothing that compares to that. Right. It's funny, you know, this verse talks about you can't pay money to keep yourself from death. But do you know that? there's a movement right now where people are it's called uh, cryogenics yeah. i was watching a documentary on this in florida they have the warehouses full of just dead rich people that are frozen yeah 
just they have no hope. I'm just trying, yeah, no trying to do whatever they can. It's just depressing to watch that. Some of them are just dead. They're just heads, thinking yep. that somehow their heads are going to be resurrected. Right. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, some it's of them sad are to entire see. bodies. But we know, even yeah. with cryogenics, I mean, there's no way you can bring that. That even if you came up with a medical expertise to be able to do it, every cell in the body has been crystallized yeah. by being frozen. And right. well, it just shows like they just don't have hope. Yeah. And it, you know my. My kids were at a, I was telling you this the other day, as we were driving, my kids were at a birthday party and they were at a house, in a very, very, very wealthy house, like 36,000 square feet. And, you know, the pool house is like twice the size of our house. And so the girls got in the car afterwards and they're like, mom, that was unbelievable what we got to see. And I love my, my wife's answer was just like, yeah, but we have God. And the, the person who lives there, they, they don't, hopefully they do one day, but they don't. And so in a way we're far richer. And so let's just focus on that. Yeah. Beautiful good song answer. Here. Beautiful good, song. Good lesson for the kids. Yep, this right. is. Well, it's good being with everybody today. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to seeing you over the week or over the weekend in church, of course. But then look forward to seeing you again on Monday. Stay in your Bibles tomorrow and Sunday. And look forward to seeing you in church. God bless. God bless.